I would just want to tell everyone to please use your voice and be an advocate for transgender individuals, not only to recognize and validate their identities, but to recognize their humanity. You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about why the association strongly opposes a HUD proposed rule change that, in short, would harm the transgender community. And we need your help to convince HUD to reject the rule change. And you can get all the details about how you can take action today in the show notes. So to explain this issue and why do we need you to take action, we've invited on the show Greg Shin, Associate Director and Chief Housing Officer for Mental Health Association Oklahoma. Greg recently issued a public comment on the rule change. He wrote, Trans people should be able to access community resources as much as anybody else. Not only do the outcomes linked to trans homelessness negatively impact the overall well-being of transgender people, but they also place a financial strain on taxpayer dollars through overutilization of the criminal justice and healthcare systems that could partially be mitigated by offering safe and inclusive housing. The moral and physically responsible action is to allow shelter access to transgender people experiencing homelessness based on gender identity. For our discussion today, we also invited Whitney Sapola to join us. She is the association's new advocacy specialist and actually helped Greg research his public comment piece. Okay, let's get started. The mental health download starts now. Okay, well, Greg and Whitney, thank you so much for being here with us today. But before we get started, Whitney, just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you wanted to work for the association. Sure. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, my name is Whitney Sapola. I am a Tulsa, Oklahoma native. I've lived here my entire life. After I went to the University of Tulsa, I taught sixth grade English language arts for two years, which was incredible. And my first year teaching was the teacher walkout, which was a very formative experience. And from that, I really realized that I can use my skills best in the policy arena. So my second year of teaching, I started an MPA, so a master's in public administration at OU Tulsa with a concentration in public policy. And I've just always been very interested. I'm a big government nerd. That stems from my time at TU as the president of the Student Association Senate, which was very nerdy. But I, when I was teaching, I just saw how we were disappointing a lot of our youth We weren't doing enough as a state to help them succeed or put them on a path to success. And a lot of these issues were things that as a teacher, I had no control over. These were system level issues that I think are better combated by policy. And so what I hope to accomplish is I want to leverage community stories to make a difference in the legislature because these are not just abstract ideas about mental health. These are real people with names and families and stories, and they're being impacted by public policy. Okay. So can you tell us why you are so passionate about helping people who identify as queer? Well, I identify as queer. So first and foremost, that is my community. I got very involved again at the University of Tulsa with an on-campus group that I actually sit on the board of now as an alum. And there's just a lot of power in community and getting people together with shared identities. 
And unfortunately, the LGBTQ plus community has endured a lot of attacks at the Capitol. And so it's, it's just important to me because we need a voice. And I don't want kids like me to grow up in a state where they don't feel valued or welcomed. So in a very simple way, I'd like for you both to explain this HUD rule change issue as simply as possible. Greg, we'll start with you. This issue is plain and simple discrimination. This is a way to single out people that are different and deny them the right to shelter or housing. It's a way that the federal government is now proposing to discriminate people who do not completely identify as either male or female and say, if you do not identify like that, if you do not identify as one sex or the other, we don't have to bring you into our shelter. We don't have to allow you into our housing. That's about as simply as I can put it. Okay, Whitney, same question to you. So in the simplest way I can phrase it, is that Department of Housing and Urban Development is trying to kind of repeal a clarification that the Obama administration made on something called the Equal Access Rule in 2016. So HUD proposes allowing federally funded shelters to discriminate against transgender people. The Obama administration clarified federally funded sex-segregated facilities can't do that. This is saying that they now can, which would allow federally funded shelters to tell a transgender woman, sorry, because you were assigned biologically male, you can't stay in this women's shelter. Okay. So Whitney, what are the people who are in favor of this modification to the equal access rule saying to their advocates? Sure. So I think that there really are two camps for this. The First one is religious freedoms. So a lot of these shelters providers have some sort of religious affiliation. And so what I've done in my research, I found that HUD believes that these shelters should be allowed to house people according to their own religious beliefs and certain religions, certain practices, they don't view trans people as having valid identities. So that's one argument. The second one is really dependent on women's safety and women's shelters. People think that men will try to put dresses on and pretend to be transgender women in order to gain access to female facilities. The research indicates this hardly ever happens and that transgender individuals who are in a shelter setting are far more likely to actually be the recipient of harm, abuse, harassment than they are to be the perpetrator of it. So I think the biggest thing is LGBTQ plus individuals who are homeless are much more likely to be victims than perpetrators of violence. So to speak to the women's safety group, I would say, look at the numbers, look at some of the statistics. Some that I've found have been really, really eye-opening. There's one study that shows from the National Center for Transgender Equality that 25% of transgender people who used homeless shelters were physically assaulted and 22% were sexually assaulted. And I don't think that data exists to show the opposite. 
I would ask them, you know, to separate the issue of domestic violence, which is an absolutely valid concern. This isn't what we're talking about, though. Very few people are going to go through the efforts of losing their housing, putting on a different type of wardrobe, lying about their gender identity and expression simply to gain access. This is something we just don't see. And for the religious groups that argue these federally funded shelters, if they have a religious affiliation, they should be able to do what aligns with their beliefs. What I would combat that with is, well, we all pay taxes. And so if it's federally funded, those services being provided should be equitably provided. And Greg, give us your perspective. This is not about gender. This is about the need for shelter. People are people. These are human beings. These human beings need safe shelter, housing, Access to housing is a basic human right. Everybody deserves the right to shelter, to safe, decent, and affordable shelter. It's a basic human right. This is the United States of America, and these are people, whether you're coming from a faith perspective or whether you're coming from a business model perspective, it doesn't matter what lens you're looking at. This is not a Republican or a Democrat or a conservative or a liberal issue. This is a nonpartisan issue. This is about people. We're talking about human beings that are suffering, that are homeless, that are excluded from safe housing, and they need access to safe housing. So I would appeal to people on moral grounds. It's morally the right thing to do to help people and provide them with safe shelter that they deserve a right to. Otherwise, you're excluding them and forcing them onto the streets where there are where they are more at risk of violence, more at risk of death and every other unimaginable thing that can happen to people while they're suffering. Okay, Whitney, so people can go to our show notes to find out how they can take action against this HUD rule change. But tell us a little bit more about that action alert. Yes. So in order to take action, the best thing people can do, and this can be on an individual or organization wide basis, is make a public comment. There's a public commenting period that will be open until 1159 Eastern time on September 22nd. Just use the facts that you've heard, use personal experiences, write something that's unique to you and say why you care about this issue. Because if you submit a comment on this federal registry, they have to read it. And if it's a unique, substantive comment, someone actually has to respond. So this is the best way to use your voice and advocate for the trans community. So Whitney, in your research on this issue, what statistic really stood out to you the most? So the one that really stood out to me was an estimation that one in five of the homeless youth population identify as LGBTQ+. This hits home to me because prior to my work with the association, I was actually a sixth grade English language arts teacher, and I've seen it. I've seen students and young people who aren't accepted by their own families and who are forced to choose Do I want to be my true and authentic self or do I want to have a roof over my head? 
Uh, and it's, it's really devastating to know that so many of our LGBTQ plus youth are out on the streets because there's not that supportive infrastructure for them at home. The other statistic, so that was one in five. There's also some estimates that say one out of three trans and non-binary people have lacked stable housing at one time in their lives. That's, that is a ton of people. That's not an insignificant segment of the population. I think the stat that stood out to me were the ones related to suicide. Can you tell the audience more about those stats? So based on a study done out of the Williams Institute, they found that trans adults who were surveyed had 12 times higher in suicide, suicidal ideations in the general population. And what really struck me is that this surveyed population had an 18 times higher rate. The rate of suicide attempts was 18 times higher than the general population. It's not one time, two times, five times even, but 18 times higher because someone is trans. That's unacceptable. Okay. I always like to give magic wands to people on the show and have them tell me what they would do to remedy the issue we're talking about. So, Greg, we'll start with you. If I could wave a magic wand, I would say, well, we just ended homelessness in the world. We ended homelessness in the United States of America, and we did it by giving equal access to affordable housing for every person in the country, every man, woman, LGBTQ plus individual, veterans, young, old, gay, straight, it doesn't matter who you are, we ended homelessness because we we created enough affordable housing for every single person in the world. And homelessness is no longer an issue. And it's globally accepted that housing is a basic human right. It's a God-given right. All right, Whitney, I'm giving you a magic wand. What are you going to do with it related to this issue? If I had a magic wand, I mean, it's such a complex interwoven issue. It's not just one thing, but this whole system of things. I mean, I think I start by looking at enumerated anti-bullying laws so that school kids can't be bullied on the basis of gender expression, gender identity, or sexual orientation. I think we look at non-discrimination laws so that LGBTQ plus individuals can get good jobs without discrimination, can acquire safe housing. I think that we just work more as a society to validate trans individuals. They are not they are not inherently mentally ill or inherently more criminal than anyone else in the population. We need to normalize that these are just regular people who want happiness um, and to spend time with their friends and family just like everybody else. So really that's where I would start and then go from there. Try and change it from policy, but also change the what society thinks of the transgender population. I would just want to tell everyone to please use your voice and be an advocate for transgender individuals, not only to recognize and validate their identities, but to recognize their humanity. I hope everyone can take a moment out of their busy lives to tell HUD that they do not agree with this proposed rule change, but also signal to other people in the community that they are an ally and that they are willing to stand up 
for the LGBTQ plus community. Okay, Greg, close us out with your final bit of wisdom. Please take up the banner and fight for human rights and equal access and social justice and fight discrimination wherever you see it. We all have opportunity to object when we see it taking place. Speak up and speak out. 